it was becoming clear that I wasn't going to make my living as a runner. So, um, so I was like, what are these sort of ancillary positions that I could, uh, consider? This one's radio episode 698 starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey guys, uh, real quick before we get started with today's episode, just want to let you know that today's episode is uh, brought to you by the good folks over at Audible. Um, I am—I was skeptical of Audible. I'll be honest; I was—I was really skeptical of the idea of having books read to me uh, before I, I finally jumped in and, and gave it a shot. And gosh, I don't know what it's been now—two and a half, three years, something like that—that that I've been been using Audible and. Um, I've, whew, I am a convert. I am a big fan. Uh, obviously you, you listen to podcasts, so you don't mind hearing people talk about things once in a while, hopefully maybe learning a few things, getting entertained, uh, once in a while, hopefully you find the show, you know, a, a source of a little bit of, of knowledge and a little bit of entertainment, maybe a, a little infotainment blended together. Um, and you can find those types of books on audible as well. You can find, obviously, you know, there's some, there's all kinds of self-help, personal development, running type of books, health, fitness, whatever the case might be. There's also, you know, novels. There's also fiction books. There's also things that are, are purely for entertainment. And, uh, I know I use my audible subscription to get a, a little bit of both dabble into, into both worlds, both some of the, the, the fiction and nonfiction side of things. So, um, you know, if, if you're on the go and, and you're, you know, I mean, I think we're all on the go. I think that's something that all of us do. Um, but, but, you know, if, if you're thinking to yourself, if, had, if you have thought to yourself, gosh, I wish I had a little bit more time to read because Lord knows I'm that way. I, I definitely would love to make more time to read. Um, and that's what I need to do. I need to make more time to read. But with Audible, you know, I can I can squeeze in a little bit more reading, um, quote unquote reading uh, on a regular basis. And that's part of my, my daily routine now when I take the dogs for a walk, get a little... Uh, little kind of something self-help personal development something like that in the morning to just kind of start the day off well um, and sometimes I come back to it and, and get some more audible later in the day uh, sometimes I don't but at least I'm getting that little bit of dose there every morning uh, on top of any additional you know actual reading that I'm doing so if you want to check it out and I would encourage you to do so uh, all you got to do is head over to disruns.com slash audible uh, and that'll give you a free two weeks you can you can try it out you get a free book um, that you get to keep, whether you want to stay, stay on it with audible or not. Uh, and after two weeks, if you decide that, that you want to stick with it, which I think you will, like I said, I, I'm, I'm definitely a big fan. Then you just get charged every month. Your credit card gets charged every month. And if you don't, you just cancel within that two week period and you'll never be charged at all. It's really an, an easy process. Um, you know, one or two clicks, no big deal. Um, but like I said, I think that uh, you'll find it worth it. And, and you might be like me where after a year or two, you're like, you know what? One book a month isn't enough. And so you bump it up to get two books a month, um, which is is where I'm at right now and, and absolutely loving it. Absolutely loving it. So if you want to check it out, audible.com slash disruns. Uh, and let me know what book you get. Wait a minute. Hold on. Said that backwards. Disruns.com slash audible. You go to audible.com slash disruns, you're going to get an error, error page. Disruns.com slash audible. Let me know what book you get. Always looking to, to add more books to, uh, to my collection. If you want a recommendation, uh, I've got, I don't know, something 30 or 40 books in my, uh, in my audible library right now. Happy to give you some, some thoughts 
based on what you are looking forward to read. So uh, check it out, disruns.com slash audible. And now let's go ahead and uh, dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey guys, I'm uh, pretty sure that today's guest was someone that I originally wanted to interview, I don't know, some 600 episodes or so ago. And for some reason or another, probably because I didn't ask or didn't have a good email address or somehow didn't get in touch with him, uh, it didn't happen back then. But here we are, you know, a a handful of years later and however many hundred episodes later, and uh, we're finally making this thing happen. So certainly looking forward to it. Uh, My guest today is is certainly no slouch as a runner. He's he's represented uh, Canada at the international level several times over the years, uh, run, at, run at a pretty high level in, in college as well. Um, but what you're probably more familiar with him uh, for is his work he's done, for the work that he's done as a, as a journalist and author um, around kind of exercise performance and exercise science and running and all those types of things. Uh, he first came onto my radar as the author of the Sweat Science blog, which is now uh, a, a regular column in the Outside magazine, uh, which he, he still writes for it, obviously. it writes the column in, in the magazine. Um, he's also the author of a few different books, the most recent one. Uh, which again kind of caught the running world by storm here uh, just about a year ago is titled Endure uh, Mind, Body, and the Curiously Elastic Limits of Human Performance. Uh, so you probably already know who it is, so I probably don't even need to introduce him, but I'm going to just in case you don't know who he is. Uh, it's certainly a pleasure today to be able to go uh, a few miles and have a great, uh, great little chat today with Mr. Alex Hutchinson. So uh, thanks for joining us today, Alex. Really appreciate it and welcome to the show. Thanks, Danny. I really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, certainly looking forward to it. Uh, and guys, if you, if you want to get on Twitter and follow Alex and, and some of the things, yeah, obviously the, the articles he's working on, the science that he's, he's breaking down for us, uh, on the Twitter, at Sweat Science is the, uh, the handle there. If you want to check out the column online uh, in, in the Outside Magazine, uh, it's just outsideonline.com slash sweat science. It'll direct you, redirect you to the, uh, to the page on the, the Outside Online uh, Magazine's website there with all of the articles and, and some info on, on Alex and all those types of things. Uh, and as per usual, I have everything linked up in the show notes. Disruns.com slash 698 is the link that'll take you to the show notes for today's episode. Uh, we'll have you know Twitter info, Sweat Science info there. Um, probably linked to a few articles, ones that we talk about today. We'll have all, all the goodies, just like always. Disruns.com slash 698. So Alex, the way we always uh, start off each episode of the show, same question, uh, simple question for me to ask. Sometimes it's a simple question for the folks to answer. Sometimes it's, it's a little bit of a uh, kind of have to, to pick, you know, which one of your, your children is your favorite type of questions. But uh, it's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? Yeah, it is an interesting question. When it's simple on the surface, but I was actually lying in bed last night, kind of, uh, and and the question came back to me, and I started to doubt my initial answer. Uh, I was initially thinking I was going to tell tell you five k, because I'm I'm a sort of middle distance guy. In in college, I was a miler, but yeah, as time goes on, the mile is kind of hard and short, and so. Lately, most a lot of the running I've done has been 5K road races. It's it's short and sweet, but also hard, and it's not too short. Blah 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 blah, etc. I decided that's actually when I thought about it, what what I actually really enjoy racing the most these days. Uh, I I'm gonna say I like the distance I like best is distances that are non-standard or unmeasured. Mm. Um, that's when I, where I've been having fun is uh, you know because I ran cross country. I ran some cross country races last fall for the first time in a decade. And up in Canada, I know in the, in the U S a lot of cross country races are like, you see the coaches out with the wheels and it's like, you know, figuring out where the mile marker is. It's exactly 5k in Canada. And I think in the, in the origins of cross country in, in Britain too, 
cross country races tend to be the distance is like, well, how many times is it around this park? Three times and through the woods. And that's how long the race is going to be. And so it's, you know, 7.2 K or 3.9 K or, you know, whatever the, 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 the case may be. And I think my, in my, in the moment experience of those races, I, I like better because I'm, I'm a pretty obsessive guy in a lot of ways. And, and, you know, when I start getting caught up in splits and times, and am I going to be faster than last week, that changes my experience of the run. And, and whereas the, in the moment feeling that I like best is where there's no external, like, am I coming up to the two mile split? Is it going to be as fast or slower? It's just going to be all I'm thinking about is not the external, but the internal of how hard am I pushing and can I push harder and can I make it to the, to the finish? So, so that, that, that's my answer is no distance at all, or at least not no distance, uh, but, uh, at, at an imprecise or inaccurately or unknown distance. Right, right. That's uh, that's definitely. I think you know. I, I say definitely, and then I, I catch myself because I don't want to make a, a conclusive statement like that. But um, in the you know however many times five hundred and something seventy times or something like that that I've I've asked that question, I don't think that anyone has said the unmeasured. I've I've gotten a few of the like the random distances that the eight Ks or the the seventeen Ks. You know that some different races have some of these different uh, distances, but. Un, unknown or, or at least un, unlabeled that's 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 got to be a first but I, I love the the idea behind it that and especially the the idea that you know it's just kind of it's 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 what this race is today and it might be a different time the next time you run the race but but so what and and a lot of a lot of freedom and flexibility to just kind of let things go and, and have a good time when there's not a a specific distance like you said to compare this race to the last one with yeah. And, you know, so one of the things, one of the, the sort of romantic ideals that, that I, that sticks in my mind that I really love is, uh, you think of the, of the steeplechase as an event. Uh, and in the modern context, the steeplechase is a 3000 meter race with whatever, uh, 28 barriers, whatever it is, and some, you know, water jumps and yada, yada. But think about what the word steeplechase actually means. Steeplechase is you're standing out in the, in a farm field somewhere and you point over in the distance, say, see that steeple over there? <laughs> First one who gets there wins. And you can take, you know, you can hop over whatever hedges and through whatever rivers you want to get. So that's where the steeplechase comes from. And I, I love that idea. And so that's why, you know, I did some mountain running for, for a few years. That's a, another type of race I like. And I also love that, that idea of like, we're just, we're going to race, see that peak there? We're going to race to the top of the peak. Uh, nobody cares whether it's 12K or 14K or eight miles or whatever. It's just like, it's to a place and there's an internal logic. The race creates its own logic. So I don't know. I, I don't mean to, to ramble on too much about it, but uh, I do love those sorts of races where th- a certain time for a certain distance is not necessarily the focus. Yeah, I, I you know. You, and there's nothing wrong with rambling. I think it's a, an interesting uh, concept. And like I said, one that I don't think we've, we've spent much time discussing over the, over the years on the show with, with various folks that have been here. But um, I've noticed it in the, the ultra running world. Not that I'm an accomplished ultra runner by, by any stretch, but the, the two um, ultras that I've done have both been you know, classed as, as 50Ks. But uh, one of them was was 32 miles, and one of them was I think 33.4 or something like that, 33.3 miles. So neither of them were were you know the the to the measurement, you know, to to an exact measurement of 50k. But it's just kind of like I feel like in the ultra world, that's kind of like yeah, you know, just whatever. Um, you know, it, it's it's kind of the, the roundabout. Yeah, you know, it's about 50k. Um, yeah. I kind of like that idea in the, in the cross country world too, of like, yeah, it's just, it's, it's the cross, like, this is the race, you know, this is, this is what we're doing. It's, it's, you know, you could probably get a, an estimate for what the, the mileage is, but is it, is it, you know, USATF certified to, to the inch? No, but that's, that's okay. Like get out there and go and have a good time and, and run a race and, you know, worry about those exact measurements and splits for, for another time. 
Yeah, and 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 you know, before I, we throw out the baby with the bath bathwater, hey, I, I love watching track too, mm-hmm. and I love knowing this. You know, times have their roles, and I also like you know, hey, a marathon that is, is exactly twenty six point one nine five miles or whatever two point two miles, and and is someone going to run sub two hours? Those are interesting things too. But uh, the, and so I'm not I'm not saying that that they're inferior or wrong or anything like that, but. But uh, yeah, you, you you said what's my favorite, and and I think that's that's thinking of the experience of running the race. Uh, I, I think I like that experience. Yeah, no, I, I love it, and uh, there's there's no need to justify your favorite. It's it's very much. <laughs> yeah. uh, I love all my children. Question. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Um, and, and, and yeah, there's a time and a place for each, you know, when, when, when you want to, you know, test yourself on a certain distance, whether it's a 5k or a half marathon or a, a one mile or, or whatever, like go for it. But if you want to just go out and have fun and, and run a race and not know exactly what the distance is, I think there's a, there's a time and a place for that. And, and maybe if, you know, now that you've got me thinking about this concept a little bit more, maybe I wish there were a few more opportunities to just kind of do that. Maybe that's why, which something that hasn't caught on as much, at least in my era, I don't know if it's in the United States as well, but like the park run type of idea where it's just kind of, it's about a 5k, but is from what I understand, they're not measured perfectly, but you just go out and you run and you have fun and, and you know, maybe, maybe there's a, uh, there's room for a little bit more of that in all of our lives of just go out, run and have fun and, and be with other people and, and push yourself and, the distance can kind of, you know, be secondary uh, as far as everything else for that day. Yeah, the the, the whole parkrun thing is a really interesting phenomenon, and, and I think, um, yeah, it, it hasn't caught on in Canada. I don't know if there's any in Canada yet, uh, but I, I I love the idea of just like, yeah, you know, let's not worry about the race T-shirt and 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 you know the the swag and the, all the stuff. Let's just go out and run hard. Uh, you know, whether it's every Saturday morning or, or, you know, whenever you feel like it is available, any Saturday morning you want, you can go and find other people to race against. Cause the, 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 you know, we can all go do workouts by ourselves. Right. Uh, but in, in the sort of modern adult world, unlike when you're in school, uh, it's, it's actually quite hard to find a group of people to run with and to, to experience that sort of synergy of the group. Um, was, you know, so here in Toronto, like I, I moved back, I'm, I'm from Toronto and I moved back here about five years ago. And one of the things I was really eager to do was kind of pick up with some of the people I trained with over the years and try and keep some group thing going. And, and uh, you know, I'm in my early 40s now, so it's uh, people have other other commitments. Mm-hmm. But so, so one of the things that I've really, really worked hard at nurturing in Toronto is is almost it's sort of like my own personal park run. Uh, every Saturday morning at 9.15 a.m., uh, I, you know, I, assuming I'm in town, I meet with, let's say half a dozen other people, sometimes a dozen other people at a, at a cemetery in Toronto where we have a pretty, you know, a semi-accurate 5k course, uh, uh, mapped out. Actually, we have multiple courses that you can go longer if you want, but minimum, the minimum is 5k and we run, we call it a tempo run, but like a lot of people's tempo runs, it's more like a tempo race a lot of the times. <laughs> right. And, and, you know, there's probably 20 people on my email list that I remind every Friday and everyone's got different stuff going on. So on, like I said, on any given day, it might be six people or it might be 10 people. But, and so it feels like that kind of park run feel. We, we all know we're going to show up. We all know we're going to hammer a 5k and, uh, and we, but there's no stakes. It's not, it's not money. It's not like, it doesn't cost anything and it's, it's local. So it's not like we have to travel somewhere. And, uh, it's really been a great part of my life and it's a social thing. We meet up and, you know, we chat for a while, we do our 5k and then we chat on the warm down. Uh, so yeah, I love that. I, and I, and I think it's, a again, it's not the only model, but it's, I think it's a great model and a great way of keeping me engaged in training and making sure that I'm not 
uh, you know, that whatever happens, whatever else happens once a week, I'm getting a hard effort in because I'm going to meet my friends on Saturday morning. Right, right. And that's, you know, you talk about, um, you know, the, the different, the different options. And, uh, one of the, the things I love most about our sport is that, you know, there, there are all these different options. You can, you can run easy. You can go to a, a more structured race. You can, you know, organize something like, like what you've got there, which sounds, sounds pretty awesome. Sounds like a great way to spend a Saturday morning and, you know, run with some, some friends and, and hammer it a little bit and then go, you know, have some coffee afterwards for if people have time to do that type of thing or get on with the day, go back and, and play, uh, you know, family man and, or, or family woman or whatever the case might be. But, um, you know, just, just a fun way to, to kind of, you know, like you said, turn it into a little bit of a tempo race. Just kind of scratch, scratch that itch a little bit, push yourself a little bragging rights for the week. And then, uh, you know, get on with, get on with life. That's, that's, uh, not a bad situation to, to find yourself in. It doesn't sound like. Yeah, it's been good. It's, and it, but like I said, it's, it's, it, it's, it's a challenge because people, mm-hmm. if you, if you don't work at it, people, people find other things to do. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, I'm sending out the email and kind of friendly arm twisting of, of my friends, uh, try, kind of make, make, trying to make sure they keep their Saturday mornings free. You know, it's like we, I have two kids now, they're, they're two and five and it's mm-hmm. like, we're signing up for, you know, everyone who has kids is like, well, Saturday morning is right. like skate, skating day or swimming <laughs> uh-huh. day or this day or that. It's like, well, you know, I, I don't want to like throw my kids under the bus and, and not, you know, not give them a, the, the, the time and attention they need. But we, you know, we, so right now we've got my kids signed up for a sports program that starts at like 10, uh, you know, it starts at 11 on Saturday morning. So it's just barely enough time. Mm-hmm. Basically I have to like, I had to send out an email saying, I know our starting time of nine 15 usually actually means about nine 21 by the time we've chatted <laughs> a little bit for the next eight weeks, nine 15 means nine 15. If you're not there, I'm leaving at right. nine 15 right. because I'm going to have to finish the tempo run and basically allow the momentum to carry me back down the hill to the subway that I catch back home <laughs> to get home in time to take over from the babysitter, which is my mom and take the kids to this sports thing. So, you know, it, it takes, it, it takes some organization and some commitments and prior prioritization, mm. but, but boy, the, uh, to me, the, the, the payoff is, is so hugely worth it. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And we've, we've got, uh, a group that I've been a part of uh, a bit, um, you know, a kind of a subsect of our of our local runners runners club. We've got a a really great runners club here, a, a great running community as far as just you know number of people that that are consistently out and races and things like that. Um, but yeah, you know, we, we had the same thing where we would do like Tuesday Thursday workouts, but it's like you know at first we were starting at five thirty and then. Um, you know, people start having kids. And so they got to get home in time to get the kids ready for school. So then it was like bumped to five fifteen, and then it was like 5am. Um, and it's, and it's, yeah, it's tough, you know, because like different priorities change and, and things happen and, and you start to lose some people and you maybe pick up a few others. So it's always bring a friend and, and things like that. But having that, that group and that, that, you know, the, the ability to have some of those conversations and, and to twist each other's arm a little bit and to push each other a little bit, um, is a nice, a nice thing to, to have access to and be a part of. Um, if that's something that, that floats your boat, obviously not everybody is in that situation, but, but, uh, when you are, it's, it's a nice, nice thing to have. Yeah. And, and you're right. Like this, for some people, they, they prefer to be on their own or whatever. And, and actually I, I do a lot of my running alone, mm-hmm. but I, I like to have par- some of my days, especially those hard days, be with other people. And I think, a lot of people maybe don't, if they're, if they're in that situation, they have a group to run with. They, not everyone realizes how, how, you know, how powerful that is and how, mm-hmm. how great that is until, you know, let's say they, this is the, the classic thing is, is, you know, someone turns 30 or whatever and decides they want to do something else. Uh, doesn't run for a couple of years, misses it, wants to come back and start, and starts trying to do it. The, the group is gone by that point. Right. And so they're trying to do it by themselves and something is missing. And so I think a lot of people who's, who try to get back into running after being away, 
um, one of the things that that they maybe uh, lack is is the group that was there. So hopefully, and and I think in this group, so this Saturday morning group that I've been running er, running with, it's in in some ways, in some form or another, it's been around for probably fifteen years. Uh, it was it was a serious tempo run for a bunch of you know very serious you know early twenty early twenties runners fifteen years ago, and has sort of evolved as as we've gotten older and we've we sort of tried to bring in young blood now and then. But I think there have been people who, uh, you know, who have tried to make comebacks. And I think it's made a, a, a big difference to them when, if, if they've moved away from running for a couple of years and then want to come out again, it's just a, it's a friendly, it doesn't matter how fast you're going, but it gives them some accountability. And, and again, that social structure and everything. Um, so yeah, I, I think I like to think it's a, it's been a, I, I hope this temple runs still going, you know, in 20 years or, or, you know, however long it may be that, that, that I'm still out there hammering. Yeah, and and you know one of the things that that um, just came to my mind when you when you were saying that about how you know people that, that are trying to maybe coming back to the sport and missing that that team dynamic, uh, it takes me back to I, I've had Jonathan Beverly on the show a few times and and talked about one of his uh, I think it's his most recent book, but but the the Run Strong Stay uh, Stay Hungry is the title of, of the book where um, talking about people that have transitioned from being competitive runners. Um, as you know, in, in high school, college, things like that, and kind of fallen out of, out of the sport. And, uh, you know, based on, on, you know, what you just said about having that kind of missing piece, I'm, I'm just curious if, if maybe that, um, in, in your opinion, or in, in even your experiences being a, a much more competitive runner, um, you know, 15, 20 years ago, um, really kind of helps you stay the course and, and make running continue to be a part of your, your life because you're still able to, to get that, you know, and you've, you've obviously seeked it out and, and created it, but get that group dynamic, that, that quote unquote team, uh, dynamic so that, you know, it's not just you out by yourself on the road or the trails every day, but you know, it might be that most of the time, but you get, you, you get to still scratch that itch. If, if that's part of, um, I don't know. I don't know if I have a great question other than, yeah. uh, no, no. well, I, I, I agree with what you're saying. And I think, I think the answer is, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a huge factor for me in keeping me interested in, running and not just in running, but in, in training. So, so, you know, I, I'm, I spend a lot of time writing about health and fitness and things like that. I know it's important to get outside and exercise. Mm -hmm. And I like to think that even without that group structure, I would, you know, haul myself out the door and, and do some jogs and, and, you know, do some push ups or whatever, do, you know, do some overall fitness stuff. Uh, and I'd probably even do a little bit of harder running, you, you know, uh, whether it's Temple Run or some, you know, a fart lick or some hills or something. But there's a big difference between when, so when I, let's say I'm traveling or for whatever reason, I can't make the Saturday Temple Runs and I'm just doing my own thing. Those hard sections of those runs get shorter and shorter and, and, and easier and easier. Uh, and, and, you know, my fitness starts to kind of evaporate. And so having that group there it makes it easier to do those runs. It makes it more pleasurable to do those runs. And there's a, beyond that, there, there, be, there comes a sort of social obligation too. that. This is, this is where I meet my friends. And just like I'm expecting them to be there for me to make my workout better. I, I know they're expecting me to be there to make their workout better too. So there are times when if it was just up to me, I'm like, ah, oh, I've got a bit of a cold. It's not great. I, you know, the, the, it's entirely rational for me to either just skip the run or just not, you know, just go for a jog instead. But I go anyway. And I, you know, it just pushes me to, to, to be a little more accountable. And the result is that 
the, whatever gaps I have in my, my fitness or whenever I, you know, I'm traveling or working too much and I start to lose fitness, they're never as big as they would otherwise be. And that means it makes easy, makes it easier for me to, to stay fit. It makes it more fun for me to run because I'm always fitter than I would otherwise be. Otherwise you, you, you know, it's one of those things where you put in, you, whenever you have gaps in your training, you lose a bunch of fitness. It's, you know, every time it's always harder to come back a little bit. So it's, it's so much better if you can maintain some baseline of fitness then if you're like, well, I'm busy, really busy right now, so I'm not going to run for six months, and then I'm going to start again. Well, it's like it's not; a, it's a lot less fun on on in month seven. It's actually kind of like not to, you know, again, not to ramble and, and to, <laughs> yeah. to, uh, to to sort of draw random connections, but it's like the the whole process of aging, like independent of running, you can say like, how fast is the average runner, or or what's the average VO two max or muscle strength? Like, how does that decline with age? And you can look at these nice graphs that show, you know, in your forties, you start to get a little slower or weaker or whatever the case may be. And then as, you know, 50s, 60s, it gets steeper and steeper. And you have this nice smooth curve of, of the typical loss of fitness as you age. And what people have realized over the last, let's say, decade or so is that those graphs are described population averages, but that's not actually how most people get older and weaker and slower. They don't just have this gradual mm. decline. Instead, it's 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 a sort of punctuated, uh, I can't remember there's a scientific term for it, but sort of a punctuated equilibrium. So you're, you're, you're going along, you're doing fine, maybe you're getting a little slower. Then you twist your ankle and you miss two months of running. And so your fitness drops uh, suddenly. And you come back and you're able to regain some of that fitness, but you don't regain all of it. Then you're going along and you get sick for a while. You get pneumonia the next year or something, or you have a really busy stretch at work, mm -hmm. or you just lose interest in running. So instead of being a nice smooth decline, it's like these these sharp drops every once in a while that you never quite recover from. And so my thinking on this and what I was kind of getting at in my previous rambling answer was that um, if you can avoid those sharp, sharp drops... It, that makes a huge difference to the rate at which you're 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 losing your fitness or getting older or, or, and all that stuff, because it's not it, it, it's not so much that the gradual decline is inevitable. I mean, obviously there is some gradual decline that's inevitable, but it's more that every, we all have you know life intervenes whether in the form of injury or busyness or family issues or whatever, and you have a sharp drop and it's it just it gets harder and harder to, to 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 get back to where you were. So the the more you can do to to avoid those, and that is, for example, by getting into a really good regular routine where you're you're excited to go every Saturday morning and, and do your tempo run, I think that makes a big difference to, to, to creating that continuity that's so important to, to to making running something you do over the long term. Yeah, I, I totally agree, and it's you know, I mean, it, it just boils down to you know, like the concept of of momentum, you know, or inertia. A body in motion stays in motion, and and yeah, if you can avoid those those layoffs, um, which you know, you can't always completely dismiss that as a possibility you know you could get injured outside of running you could get injured running there's there's a whole host of of very you know legitimate reasons that you could you could be forced to take some time off that that is going to probably result in one of those 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 dips but uh but yeah the the, the more you can do to to kind of uh, prevent that from happening by by having a schedule having that that social connection and and like you said you know knowing that that you're there to help somebody else you're, you're that you're part of the group to to help your run be improved but you're also there helping somebody else's you know getting somebody else getting better quality and and accountability and things like that um those things you know one one week to one week may not you could maybe make an argument doesn't make that big of a difference but like you said you zoom out and look at the the bigger picture and boy that's that's the key to to maintaining 
a, a lot more of your, your fitness and your performance. And if, if that's the type of thing that gets you going, um, as you get older, as opposed to really having things fall off and then, and then, yeah, now all of a sudden you, you remember, you know, that, that I used to back in my day, I used to be able to do this and I can't do it anymore. So the hell with it. I'll find a different, uh, activity. Um, and I don't think any of us want to be in and find ourselves in that situation. Yeah, yeah, totally. And and I, and I you know, I should emphasize that I'm you know, I I'm a 43-year-old guy so I, I, I you know, staring the aging curve in the face. So that's <laughs> that's why I'm putting it in that context. But I think that's just as true for 22-year-olds mm-hmm. that you know, you know, it, it, really as soon as you're done school, uh it's easy life is is trying to mold you into a a pattern that doesn't include lots of exercise and activity and games and fun. And you have to sort of fight against the stream to keep that to keep that stuff in your as as part of your day and as part of your life. So having those 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 structures and routines uh, is just as important when you're 25 as it is when you're 45. Yeah, certainly, certainly being being intentional. There's there's a lot of, of value to that. Um, shift, shifting gears a, a little bit, Alex. So I feel like like gosh, I could I could keep going on some of this stuff all day. But there's other things that I definitely want to t- touch on and and hear your thoughts on as well. But um, kind of getting into to some of the more professional side of your life, which like I said, is where a lot of us probably have been familiar with you over over the years. Um, how did you get into just the, the the journalist writing side of of things? Because if if I did my homework correctly, and I, I don't pretend to be the most uh, diligent researcher all the time, but reading some bios and things like that, um, it doesn't seem like you went to school to be a journalist, unless I'm, I, I missed something there. So how did you get started down this, this path of, of writing uh, as, as your uh, you know, way of earning a living? Yeah, it was, it was pretty, pretty random. And it's, it is one of those things where, um, you know, fr- from where I am now, I look back and try and understand how did I get here? <laughs> and, and, you know, I can tell myself the story of how I think I got here, but, but I, it's hard to remember how it looked at the time. But basically I, I went to, I studied physics in university and I, I, uh, I did a, a PhD in physics and then started working as a physicist at the, at the national security agency actually. For, and, and, uh, it was one, it was in my late twenties. Uh, I was 28 when I ended up leaving physics. And at that point, I had all my training in life was in physics and all my, you know, and, and then all my hobby time was, was running. Mm-hmm. And I, I had this idea that journalism might be a, a fun thing to do, but I didn't like, I hadn't worked on student newspapers. I hadn't taken, you know, an English class since high school. So I, I didn't necessarily know that I'd be able to, to do that. Like I, I, I thought I had good writing skills, but you know, everyone thinks they're amazing. Yeah, uh, you, you know, <laughs> um, so what I did when I was, and, and so a little bit before I left physics, I started to dabble a little bit. I, I applied for some like journalism internships and got totally rejected in, in every case. Um, and so I realized, well, okay, I'm interested in this. And I, and the reason I thought journalism would be interesting was I thought it might give me a, a chance to explore different areas and particularly to explore areas that I was interested in stuff like running. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I was pretty obsessed with running and I, you know, and I, and I, I was, it was becoming clear that I wasn't going to make my living as a runner. So, <laughs> um, so I was like, what are these sort of ancillary positions that I could, uh, consider? And, you know, in, in the end, what I did is I, I, I figured t- to become a journalist, I would need to get some training. So I actually did go back when I was 28 and did a, a one year master's degree in journalism, which was kind of a, you know, the shortest degree I could find that, that had some, some heft, and, uh, and it taught me, it taught me things, not so much about necessarily how to write, but about how to, how the, how the industry works, how stories work, how to, how to, how to convey information. So th- there was, that, that, that was useful. And, and after that, I, I spent a year and a half as a, as a newspaper, as actually an intern at a newspaper called the Ottawa Citizen. It was a really good opportunity. I wrote 
can't remember, you know, something like 300 and some stories in, in, in 16 months as the sort of lowest man on the totem pole, the, the general assignment intern going out and covering the car crashes and the right. dog fashion shows and all, all these sorts of things. And that really gave me the sort of practical experience of, okay, writing and writing on deadline and all those sorts of things. And, uh, from there then I was, you know, not so much by choice, but because there weren't a whole lot of jobs in journalism at the time, I, I became a freelancer. This is 2006 or so. Um, and just basically willing to write about anything and everything that could pay my rent. I my first freelance client was, uh, a publication called The Bottom Line, which is Canada's accounting monthly. Mm. Um, you, you, I'm sure you subscribe as, as many people <laughs> do, but, um, so I was writing about like accounting laws and things like that. So that's that's kind of where I started, and and it was just naturally I started to drift to trying to pitch stories about stuff I knew about and stuff mm-hmm. that I was interested in, and progressed more and more to become more and more specialized in this sort of sports science or endurance sports science area. So it wasn't it wasn't a grand plan. It was sort of just trying to optimize each decision as 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 those decisions came up. In in those early days of of like you said, covering the car crashes and the dog fashion shows and and pitching articles and 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 probably not getting a, a real high uh, hit rate did, did you ever kind of question why, why you're doing this and, and I'm thinking about the timeline you know early early 2000s it's like you know maybe it's it's probably it's it's a lot of hindsight but it's like you you know maybe there was some writing on the wall going yeah you know journalism as we know it um, for the last 200 years is is changing quickly with with blogs and the internet and and things like that Um was there ever any any real moments of of gut check and like yeah maybe maybe I should try to fall back onto the some of the the physics stuff or or was it I don't want to say smooth sailing but was it were you you set that this is what you wanted to do? Yeah, it, it's it's interesting because because I knew so little about journalism, I I hadn't really thought about sort of industry wide trends, and then I showed up at journalism school and and you know from the opening lecture on basically every everything they told us was like um, you know now we're going to teach you how to do this you know, this type of article, of course, you probably will these type of articles will stop <laughs> existing soon. And the whole, you'll probably never have a job in journalism. You know, you're all doomed to, to, you know, serve coffee during the day and, and, and write at night. It's going to be a total disaster. You're all, you know, why are you even here? Uh, it, it was it, it, like, it, it, it was definitely once I got to journalism school, I realized, wow, I, I picked a real, you know, I, I, <laughs> I you know, booked a, a ticket on the Titanic, uh-huh. like halfway across the Atlantic. Um, the funny thing is, and the very, very, very strange thing, uh, I mean, you know, I, is that I, I never, not even for an instant, did I ever doubt or think, man, I should have stuck, stuck with physics. Mm-hmm. Um, and no disrespect to, to physics. Uh, it was, it was fun. And I have a lot of respect for, for physicists cause they're doing a really hard job. Um, the click was, was, was almost instantaneous for me. I got to journalism school and was, you know, listen to the first lectures. And despite the negative tone, I was like, Oh, this is fascinating. This is fun. I can't wait to try this. I'm, you know, and, and then, um, you know, I got that right out of J school. I got that internship, which kept me, you know, paying the rent for, for 16 months, which was a huge opportunity and just a huge, I was able to be doing some freelancing during that time. So I was starting to, you know, make connections and establish a, it's, it, you know, it's much harder to start as a freelancer straight out of J school because you've got zero clips, right? You've got not, nothing to show anybody. So then by the time I started freelancing, uh, I kind of knew I could do it. And, 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 you know, I, I had sort of 15 years tr- training in being the cheapest bastard in, in history. <laughs> so I, I figured I, I could live on like, you know, $9 a year if I had to. 
Um, at the time I was, I, 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 I was, I was in a relationship with my, my girlfriend, who's now my wife. She was living in a different city at the time. So it wasn't even like, I, I could just live like a total, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, life is all about making sure your, your expenditures are less than your, your right. income. And, and I had very little pressure on my income because my expenditures were so low. And yeah, it was really just, I, I, I'm surprised even as I say this, that because you think there'd be some second thoughts of like, huh, you really left behind something that could have been, you know, intellectually challenging and, and you know, stable and, and secure and well, well paid and so on. But uh, no, I never doubted it. It was, uh, I was, and, and I was just, I didn't know that in advance it would be like that, but I was just lucky that that, that leap I was willing to make turned out to be the right leap for me. And I was, I, I've been delighted to be a journalist ever since. Well, and, and we're uh, all fortunate and, and lucky that uh, that that has has worked out because, uh, like I've said, lots of lots of great articles, lots of, of books. And uh, one of those books, take a, a quick second to, to pay a couple bills here, guys. Once again, don't forget, uh, today's episode is, is sponsored by Audible. And uh, Audible is where I actually got uh, your most recent book, Alex, is where I, I picked up my, my copy of Endure and listened to it and uh, have, have thought about it and gone back and, and listened to it again. And um, it, it's it's definitely, you know, I... I Obviously, being a podcaster, I, I listen to podcasts, I listen to audible audiobooks, and uh, it's just something I've I've really enjoyed. So, guys, if if you haven't checked out Endure yet, if you haven't checked out Audible yet, what are, what are you waiting for? Get get on it. It's uh it's it's awesome. There's literally hundreds of thousands of books you can choose from, from running stuff to uh, businessy type of stuff to to nonfiction to entertainment to to whatever you want. Uh, and Audible's hooking you up with a free trial, free thirty day trial. I I think. That you still have to put your credit card information in, although these these days they're Amazon, they've already got your credit card information. Uh, but you sign up for that 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 free trial, you get a free book. So grab a copy of Endure as, as your as your free trial book. Um, and if you decide you don't like it, you don't want to stick with with Audible as a platform, you cancel. You'll never be charged. And and I, I can promise you that happens because that was how I my first time I exposed myself to Audible. That's what I did. Got a book, listened to it, said eh, it's all right, but I like podcasts better. Cancel, never charged. Uh, but you get to keep the book, which is cool. And then if you decide to come back down the road, uh, you've still got the book there to, to listen to again. But uh, once again, uh, disruns.com slash audible is the link. If you want to get that that free 30 days, that free book, check it out. Check out Endure. If you've already got Endure, check out another book. But there's there's no shortage of options there. Uh, and as as I've said several times, I always love to know what you're listening to because it gives me other ideas because I'm, I'm up to the two, two books a month plan. Uh, I love it. It's, it's something that I, I am kicking myself for not getting on, on the train earlier. So if you haven't done it already, disruns.com slash audible, check it out uh, and let me know what, what, what book you get and how you enjoy it. So um, Alex, like, like I said, uh, kind of getting into, into this, this um, you know, new, new profession, new, new route that your, your life has taken. Um, when did the, the sweat science blog, which originally, if, if, again, if I got my facts straight, that was just, it was your, your baby, your, your blog, uh, your, your thing that was where it started and it's, it's morphed and, and changed a couple of locations since then. But, but when did you get started with that along, along this, this timeline of getting into to journalism and, and writing for a living? Yeah, so that was, I, and I, I, I'm pretty sure it was 2009. I, I get a little hazy on the exact. It, it was, if not 2009, it was late 2008. But I think it was. I mean, I'm pretty sure it was 2009. And basically, the, uh, it, it, you know, and, and you're right. It was, a, it was a WordPress blog. It was, it was, you know, me and my, uh, H, you know, my rudimentary HTML skills, uh, uh, trying to uh, create my own, my own platform. And, and you know, as, as we all know there've been a lot of changes in journalism. And so this was in part, it was my, you know, trying to grapple with all these new things called blogs and, and figure out where my, 
you know, how I could make a living. But the the real impetus for the blog was was that I I was publishing a book. Uh, I had I had an idea for a book, or a, 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 actually a, a plan for a book that was going to come that ended up coming out in 2011, which was just a fitness science science book called Which Comes First, Cardio or Weights. And I I knew that to sell a book in the modern world, you have to have a, a sort of a, a platform. You have to be able to reach people. And I was writing regular articles on fitness science for the Globe and Mail, which is a newspaper here in in Canada. Um, but that's only once every couple of weeks. And I was reading a lot of journal articles. Uh, in order to to write this column to to find ideas, I was I was flipping through a lot of journals, and and there were a ton of interesting articles, and I just thought, eh, you know, I, I'm not gonna, no one's gonna hire me to write, uh, you know, three articles a week or, or four articles a week, but but I can just or, or but I can just you know post a quick thing about hey, here's a here's a result about mm-hmm. how strength training and running economy are related. Like wow, as a runner, that's stuff I've always wondered about. And there's been all this research out there, but there, at that time, there really wasn't a lot of, um, you know, a, a, there weren't a lot of places to find out about the latest research. There was, um, there was a New York Times was the first place that I noticed. So Gina Colada was writing a column called Personal Best, which was you know doing things like saying, hey, maybe lactic acid doesn't actually cause fatigue. And I was like, <laughs> wow, that was fascinating. Right. And and uh, and what I noticed is that her columns were showing up on the most emailed list every time they showed up. And and she eventually left that beat and left and let Gretchen Reynolds take over with her uh, phys ed column. But I was like, oh, there's an appetite for this. But I, you know. I, on a blog, I can just I can if I read an interesting paper and I'm not going to write about it, then I can just post that that uh, you know post a link to it and say, hey, here's basically what the abstract says. Put it in plain language. Use my sort of science mm-hmm. translation skills. Uh, maybe post the key figure from the blog. Say, here's what it looks like because some people like to see the visual uh, kind of what the results look like. And and so I was just doing that very low low barrier of entry. I wasn't like. I wasn't calling up the researchers doing interviews. I was just like, hey, let's let's post some basic results as I see them, stuff that I'm not going to write about. Uh, and with the hope of building up an audience that would eventually help help the book. But what I found even before the book came out is, is it, it soon became clear there was a big audience for this. There were a lot of people who wanted, or not not a huge, but a, an interested audience for mm-hmm. this. People who, who were really you know interested in the same stuff and, and didn't necessarily have access to these journals or have time to, to go through them. And so... Uh, yeah, it, it, beca- it sort of grew on its own from 2009 and then eventually in 2012, that that's when it moved, it moved to runner's world. Mm-hmm. And, and that was cause one thing on the blog is, and this is, you know, again, kind of getting an in, inside baseball, but I initially I thought, well, I'll get a huge audience, audi- you know, audience and then I'll, uh, start taking a bunch of advertising and I'll be able mm-hmm. to, you know, live in the Bahamas and, and, and write sweat <laughs> science. And, uh, but it's tricky because I, I, the stuff I'm writing about is, you know, I'm writing about sports drinks. I'm writing about running shoes, and so the the obvious advertisers for that kind of content are sports drink companies and running shoe companies. And I, I just, f- from a personal perspective, I have trouble. I, I'm, you know, I'm I'm a nice guy fundamentally, and if mm. if, if someone's giving me money, I'm not going to be able to say, oh, by the way, this this sports drink is is totally it's, useless. Right. So, so so I never took advertising on the on the WordPress site, but I figured that my sort of compromise was if I go to Runner's World or now I'm with Outside, I, you know, there's advertisers on the on on my site that may be sports drinks or running shoes or, or all those sorts of things, but I don't have any interaction with them. They have no, I, mm. I I I never speak to them. I don't. Uh, so that, so I. 
you know, maybe you could say that that's a sort of artificial distinction. Either way, I'm being, I'm, you know, my my work is being supported by these advertisers, which it absolutely is. Uh, but but I'm not the one who has to go, to go with the cap in hand and say, hey, will you, will you give me money? And I, and I promise I won't write any studies that say mm. or write any articles that say running shoes are a bunch of you know garbage. <laughs> so uh, so anyway, that's that's where the that's where the blog came from and how 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 it evolved. Um, sort of partially as a as a sort of scratch pad for to to share ideas that I wasn't going to otherwise write about, but also also you know pragmatically as a, as a way of connecting with an audience that would then hopefully buy buy my book in 2011. Right, right. Um, you know, over over the years, I and this is probably one of those almost almost impossible questions, um, and, and if it is, just kick me and we'll we'll move on to something else. But um, I mean, you know. Hundreds, probably thousands of, of articles uh, that that you've that you've written, and obviously studies and, and things like that that you've read, and, and you know done a great job. One of the things I love, and I feel like I can speak science halfway decent. My my background is in exercise science and kinesiology, so like I can I can I can make my way through these through these journal articles myself. But boy, it's nice to have somebody do that that legwork for you and, and put it into English that you don't have to like stop and think every every two sentences about all right, well, what exactly are they saying here and and, and whatnot. But um, all that, all that to say, um, are, are there any, whether it's, it's studies that, that you've read and then, and then translated or, or, or results from, from some of the, the articles that you've written that, that really, um, I don't know, that, that stand out as far as they were, you know, maybe you had a, a, a notion going into it and it was completely turned on its head after looking at the science or um, something where you got a bunch of, of crazy pushback or, or crazy feedback from your audience or, or you know, any any big articles over the years that, that really stand out to you that, that, uh, for, for one reason or another? Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay. First of all, yeah, it's a crazy question and I'm, I'm kicking <laughs> you, but, but, uh, so here, here's, here's one way of answering that question. So the, the WordPress blog is still available online and it, so I guess it ran from like 2009 to 2012 or something like that. And, and most of, a lot of those entries, if I ever look back at them, I'm like, wow, that, you know, cringe, I can't believe I wrote that or, or I really didn't understand that topic. Boy, there's like there's maybe a couple of articles from that 2009 to 2012 range that I still end up linking back to on a semi-regular basis and the one that really stands out that I still I'm like hey people still don't get this was about the uh, cadence being the 180 cadence as oh. as the magic number <laughs> so and it's hard to go you know this has now been discussed enough that that no one now says like everyone should have a cadence of exactly 180 steps uh, i've still but, heard some people okay, say so, that but it's, it's not <laughs> okay, experts <some> yeah <laughs> you're right you're right but but it's 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 been more debunked but at the time it was it was really kind of uh, you know, in, in sync with the idea of, of, of minimalist running and stuff. And it was this idea of, this idea that there was a perfect ideal running stride that we should all aspire to. And so the 180 cadence was a really big part of that. And one of the, you know, one of the things I did, this is one of the ones where instead of just, um, uh, you know, starting with seeing an abstract, seeing a paper and writing about it, I was wondering about this topic. And, and so one day out on a, on a run, it's like, okay, I'm just going to do a progression run. I'm going to run at, I can't remember the paces, but I'm going to run at like five minutes a K, 4.30 a K, four minutes a K, 3.30 a K, three minutes a K. And I'm going to count my steps, like low tech. This was not like fancy, I didn't have any wearable tech, but I'm just going to count my steps for a minute at a time at each of these different paces. And I'm going to plot it in Excel and I'm going to see what my my cadence is. And I didn't know anything. Like there was lots that was known about cadence, but I didn't, I hadn't looked into the literature. But I plotted this graph and it was a nice smooth curve that the faster I ran, the, the, the quicker my cadence was. And 
you know, at, when I was jogging along at at the at the time for me was a jog of you know eight minute miles, my cadence was like one sixty five or something like that. And when I was running at my you know race pace of let's say three three or three thirty per k, my cadence was like one ninety one ninety five. And so I was like, hang on a sec, how can we be talking about you know a, a, a magic cadence if pace is different and and moreover if we're like everyone's everyone cites this sort of observations jack daniels at the 1984 olympics he sat in the stands and he you know counted the the steps of all these runners and they were all above 180 it's like yeah they were all running faster than five minute mile pace and so how do you then extrapolate that to someone who's running at nine minute mile pace even if you take the best runners in the world when they're jogging for their warm-ups you their cadence is much lower Mm -hmm. so then that was an observation. I plotted that. And then it's like, well, okay, let's see what the literature says. So that's the case where I dug up studies of sh- looking at cadence as a function of speed. And, and, and I plotted my, my data right on top of their data. And I was like, my data is not abnormal. I'm not a freak. This is what the literature has always found. Cadence is a function of speed. And that got a lot of attention in the sort of the blogosphere of the time. Uh, a bunch of other people started doing this experiment, sending me their data, and I would add it to the to the graph and it was like everyone had the same pattern and so combined there was the scientific data there was the experimental data then there was the connecting with this broader community of other people who were interested in this who were collecting their own data and making the case that yeah it and and then going taking a step further and saying i I said can anyone find videos of people like you know usain bolt or paul turgat you know great champions of the time jogging and see what their cadence is then and we found pictures of like paul turgat the world cross-country champion and world marathon record holder jogging along at a slow pace and sure enough his cadence was like 165 or something when you go nine minute miles you're not going to have a cadence of of you're not likely to have a cadence of, of 180 um so anyway that that post generated a ton of uh let's let's say discussion put it right. nicely <laughs> Con- controversy in in some cases and it's still like as you said people still have this sort of 180 cadence in their head and it's like it might be a good goal for some people but if you if if you think your cadence should be the same at every speed you run you then you, you, what you think is that you're different from every other runner who's ever been right. measured so anyway that's that that's a post that I that I still link back to because it had it was more than just looking at, at at a study. It was trying to understand an idea and and use science to sort of explore what the logical consequences of that idea was. Gotcha. Yeah, that's and that's that's probably much more effective argument than, than my typical like. Yeah, that's that's a you know it, it's a, a population wide quote unquote observation. But you're you're every person's a study of one. So like you know that that might be the the average sum, but that doesn't mean that you you have to be perfect on that. So yeah, having a little bit more science and a little bit more. Uh, um, you know, data to, to just show that, yeah, like different paces, different, different, uh, cadence. It's, it's definitely a pet peeve of mine as far as like, well, how do I get my cadence up to, to 180? Well, like who says, yeah, yeah, whatever. Anyway. Um, so thank you for, for sharing that one, Alex. And guys, if, if any of you want to see that article, we'll make sure to, to, to dig up the link as well, uh, and put it in the show notes, disruns.com slash six, nine, eight. So, um, as, as we're getting kind of close to, to wrapping up, Alex, a couple of, of other questions that, uh, probably would have loved to spend a bit more time on, on some different topics, but, uh, don't want to try to monopolize your, your whole entire day today. Um, 
you know, like like we talked about when in the in the Audible read there, you, you've got you've got the book Endure. You've got you talked about the, the book that you you also wrote uh, several years ago, uh, which comes first, cardio or weights? There's another book in the in the catalog as well. Um, if, if I got the title here right, it's it's Big Ideas: 100 Modern Inventions That Have Changed the World. Um, that was the first book. You're still writing articles. Obviously, Endure just came out a year ago, so so book writing is still part of your uh, uh, thing as well. Which, do you have a preference of, of one or the other? You know, writing writing articles, writing columns, uh, or or writing writing books. Which which do you prefer, or or is it both of them? You know, kind of like writing. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's it's good to have have the articles. Sometimes it's good to go deep with the books. Do you have a, a preference? Yeah, I have a, a very very strong preference for whichever one I'm not doing at the time. <laughs> so it, the, the grass is definitely always always greener. Um, re- realistically, like I I think on balance, I like the book writing better because. Ultimately, as you can tell from my like extremely long rambling answers to every one of your questions, I I like to go deep. I like to to get into the details and consider all the angles and, and stuff. And so the the book you know the book format gives you an opportunity to go deep on a topic uh, in a way that you know certainly in print in like magazines or newspapers uh, space is extremely finite and you're always leaving out so much stuff that you want to leave in with pixels on you know online you know there's no pixel shortage so you can write longer but uh you know i still have editors who are like seriously alex you know can you get to the point like let's <laughs> let's uh not, not make it too long so i like the the the, the process of books that said, you know, a book is a huge, huge investment of, of time. I mean, some people do them faster than others. I, I was particularly slow. I spent, you know, oh, close to a decade on this last one. Um, and so there's certainly a sense of relief. Like when I, when I finally finished Endure, um, I was not in a hurry to like, you know, launch back into the next book. And I still, you know, this is a year later, but Endure came out a year ago, which meant I finished it, finished writing it, you know, a year and a half, two right. years ago. I, I don't even have an idea for my next book at this point. I, I just, I know it's whatever it's going to be, it's going to be a big, long project. And so I just want to make sure that, uh, it, <clears throat> that it's something that, that I'm really, uh, you know, psyched about spending the next few years in. So I'm, I'm actually excited just to do a little more magazine stuff in the next, in the short term and maybe use that as a way of figuring out what I want the next book to be. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. It's, uh, um, you know, writing a book, I, 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 published my my first book uh almost almost a year ago as well yeah it was in in april and it certainly wasn't anything near the uh the length of of endure the 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 depth of um of of you know research and and interviews and and all of the things that that went into that book you know it wasn't it wasn't certainly wasn't a nine-year process but it certainly was a process so i understand taking taking the foot off the gas a little bit on the books writing some of the shorter stuff uh where you can you can get that sense of of completion uh a bit more regularly get that dopamine hit and, and, you know, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> brace yourself to get ready to write, write the next book. So certainly looking forward to whatever, whatever comes out next on, on the book front and certainly the, the articles as well. Um, because you, you definitely, you know, have a, a gift for writing and especially going with the, the complex, the, the, the science, the things that, um, you know, we, we, we need to know we, we, as runners and just as sometimes as, as people, um, Good, good information that is easy to understand is hard to come by. So, uh, certainly want to, um, you know, just to continue to encourage you to keep, keep doing what you're doing because it's valuable and, uh, we, we really do appreciate it. Oh, that's really, that's really good to hear. And it is really, I, you know, I appreciate the kind words and it is, uh, you know, it, 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 it's, it, 
hearing that is 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 definitely motivating. So so thanks, Denny. Oh, you're you're certainly welcome. So, uh, like I said, I could keep 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 going on for a while. Ho- hopefully, maybe we won't. Uh, we can, we can do this again at some point. Maybe not wait another 600 episodes, or I don't know. Maybe whenever <laughs> the next book comes out, certainly maybe uh, try to pencil us in on the, on the book tour. But um, before we completely wrap up for today, uh, I want to ask kind of one final. Um, open-ended question. I, I call it a philosophical question, though it's not so much philosophy as it is just something something kind of related to what we talked about, but but very loose and open-ended, kind of like the the introductory question. So feel free to to take it long. Feel free to cut it short. However you want to do it. But this will be where we'll wrap things up for today. Um, you mentioned just kind of in, in passing, but it, it stuck in my my head a little bit that you know th- this push that's been going on for for the last several years with the, the two-hour marathon and is is it possible and 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 whatnot? Um, can can it happen? Um, is it ever going to happen? What, what's, what's the breakthrough that needs to happen to get there? Um, I would just be curious is, is kind of the, 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 you know, looking into the, some of the science side of things, the, the, the studies that you've done, um, what's, what's your take on is, is sub two hours possible? What, what's it going to take to get there? Um, and, and just, I, I'll leave it very open-ended. You can take it whichever direction you, you want to focus on, but the sub two hour marathon, is it, is it going to happen? Um, and, and what's it going to take? And, and that's what we'll wrap up for today. Okay, so I hope you've got enough uh, pixels for d- digital <laughs> digital tape for a, for a nine hour answer. Um, yeah, the, the answer may be longer than the race. No, um, it, obviously it's something I've been thinking a lot about lately, and it's it's an interesting topic. Uh, I'll preface you know any predictions by by just rewinding the tape to 2014. I had a big 10 page feature for Runner's World on what would it take to run a two hour marathon, and from the perspective of 2014, what I concluded after 10 long you know dense pages was that I thought it was possible. I thought it would happen. And I predicted it would happen in the year 2075, mm. which is a long time from now and sounds kind of silly, uh, almost from the, in, from the perspective of what's happened since then. Um, I, I now think it is even more possible and likely to happen much sooner than 2075. Now, and and you know the main reason I can say that is like okay there was Nike's Breaking Two project with some sort of you know where the the pacemaking was not record eligible because so, they had pacemakers hopping in halfway through the race. Elliot Kipchoge ran two flat twenty five. So you look at that race and it's like well of course you can get twenty twenty five seconds faster. But then even on a record eligible course Kipchoge ran two oh one thirty nine last fall. And two oh one thirty nine so a minute thirty nine away and you know put that in context. The record was 206.50 as recently as 1997 or 1998. So we're talking in the last 20 years, it's come down, uh, you know, f- f- more than five minutes. Uh, so it's it's kind of hard to from from that perspective to say. But now we've reached a a barrier. Now we're not going to get any faster. Now the the important caveat that has to be thrown in there is, Elliot Kipchoge is wearing uh, Nike's Vaporfly 4% shoes. And there's, I think there's there's very little controversy. There's not not a whole lot of debate now about the, the fact that those shoes, on average, make people about four percent more efficient. They can run at the same pace while burning four percent less energy. It's a little less clear how much faster that makes you in a race. The latest sort of estimates suggest that might give you, you know, two two and a half percent faster. So is Elliot Kipchoge faster than than you know the Haley Gabriel Selassie was a decade ago? Or does he just have better shoes? And I don't think we know the full answer to that question. We know that we, we can say with reasonable certainty that the shoes are part of the story here. So what will it take for, for someone to go under two hours? Uh, 
I guess one of the questions is, will someone go under two hours 10 years from now, say, and they'll be wearing an even better version of that shoe and maybe have some other technological innovations that we haven't thought of yet? Because no one 10 years ago was like, oh, if only we could figure out how to do a carbon fiber plate in the shoe. Um, and if, if, if that's the way it goes down, does it have any, does it have the same meaning as what we think we're talking about when we say, can a human run two, two hours for the marathon? Um, and these are, and, and I, I'm posing these, I'm, I'm posing these as open ended questions. Cause I, I, I think a lot about these questions and I don't know that the answers, cause I don't think, I think it's a, it's sort of a fiction to imagine that technology doesn't change. And over the last hundred years, of course, marathons have been getting faster. A lot of that has had to do not just with training methods, but with, you know, better shoes, better right. courses, better, uh, you know, hydration and fueling knowledge. So, so, you know, let me, let me just throw those asterisks out there, but as, as for the bottom line question, yeah, I think someone's going to go under two hours. It, it wouldn't surprise me if it was five years from now. It wouldn't surprise me if it was 30 years from now. But I think on the order of a decade or so is is a sort of fair bet for when we might get there. But uh, but now that we're so close, I think there, there's going to be a lot more uh, deliberate attempts to get there. And then that may bring it even even sooner than we expect. Gotcha, gotcha. I, I can't help myself, but one one quick follow up. I know I said that was gonna be the last one. I promise this one will be. Do you think that there'll be any? And obviously, this is all just just you know prognostication. But do, do you think it'll be almost like um, going under four minutes for the mile, where where once it was done, it not that it came out of the woodwork, but it, all of a sudden, like it it was not this un, un, impossible thing. Of course, um, do you think once once one person does it? All of a sudden, you know, it's not going to be another forever until the next person does it. But you'll start to see the elites, maybe not regularly, but at least consistently flirting with with uh, going under two hours. I I do think so. But here's one of the interesting thing that's things that's up in the air right now, and that is, is Elliot Kipchoge a, a hugely freakish outlier, or is he just the first man of the next generation? And because the argument, you know, I, I said the shoes may be the sort of secret that allowed Kipchoge to run 201.39. And if that's the case, why has no one else run 201? Right. And no one else since Kometo has run 202. And basically no one's running 203. Mm -hmm. So if the shoes are, and, and, and almost everyone is wearing the, 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 the Vaporfly, right. even people who are sponsored by other companies, they're painting their shoes, uh, they're painting their Vaporflies to look like they're sponsored by other, other people. So... I don't know yet. So my my general answer to that question would be when one person breaks two hours, there won't there'll be someone else not far behind and, and that'll be the sort of new level of performance. And I honestly thought that the the breaking two race where Kipchoge ran two hours twenty-five under artificial conditions, I thought that would serve as the kind of mental breakthrough that would allow a bunch of people to start running, you know, two oh twos because it just sort of showed what was possible. That hasn't happened yet. So so I uh, you know I think the answer is that others will be far close behind whenever whenever it happens, but it's also possible there'll be a figure like Kipchoge who turns out to be uh, an outlier, someone like right. Bob Beatman in the in the long jump, whose whose world record stood from I guess 1968 to 1991. Um, that that maybe someone will do it who who's who's uh, you know once in a lifetime, but I think that's not the usual pattern. Right. You know, nine times out of ten. When one person does something, somebody else will be along to to do it very very shortly after. Gotcha, gotcha. That's uh, 
like I said, I could I could keep going for for uh, for quite a bit longer. Uh, we could we could get the the full uh, you know two hour answer to that, but uh, we we'll, we'll save that for uh, maybe hopefully another conversation at some point. But Alex, thanks for uh, for taking the time once again, guys. If you haven't uh, already connected with Alex and followed along with the things he's got going on at Sweat Science is the, is the place on Twitter. If you want to check out his column, um, which is regularly updated, regularly new columns coming out, outsideonline.com slash sweat science is the link there. Uh, obviously outside magazine. If you want to subscribe to the, to the magazine itself, get it sent to your door. Uh, disruns.com slash six, nine, eight is the link for uh, the show notes today. You can check out, uh, you know, obviously the, the stuff we talked about, the link back to uh, his article about cadence. We'll have that there and, and a whole lot of other things. Disruns.com slash six, nine, eight. So uh, Alex, thanks for, uh, for taking the time today. Certainly uh, I appreciate it. Uh, sorry. We went a little bit longer than uh, maybe was, was planned, but uh, thanks for, for hanging in there and, and uh, continuing to talk uh, things that I find just immensely fascinating. And, and like I said, hopefully maybe we can do this again at some point, but uh, thanks for the time today. And I uh, certainly wish you nothing but the best going forward. Thanks so much, Danny. This was a ton of fun, and I would love to do it again another time. All right, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed the conversation between Alex and myself. And as per usual, be curious to know what stood out to you. What was something from our conversation today that really stuck or resonated or, or made you think a little bit as we were working our way through it? For me, I think the the, the big takeaway comes back to Alex talking about the the value of his Saturday morning run group and how, you know, no matter how how life tends to change, it, he really looks forward to those runs and that time together with with some of his running friends and help how that helps to to push him a little bit. Um and and I just think back to, you know, how much I do enjoy having some some running friends and and even though with my my heart rate training, um, you know, the limitations uh, that, uh, you know, trying to stay within the heart rate window. I haven't been able to train with, with my group as much with, with the pack. Um, it's still really nice to have people to train with once in a while. I've been running with, uh, another friend and actually, uh, one of the, the Diz runners that I, that I work with lately. She lives here in town. We've been running together, um, fairly regularly for, for you know, just on the long runs. Uh, but just how much of a difference that is, how, how nice it is to have some of that, you know, the, the, the community, uh, feel of running with others. And I know that not all of you, uh, have that opportunity. You know, some people live in, in parts of, of, you know, parts of town where you're pretty much the only runner there, um, or, or whatever, you know, your, your schedule doesn't allow you to get in with other folks. And that's where, you know, social media can be a beautiful thing, but I, I, and I, and I love it. And, and, you know, welcome you into the Facebook group, uh, connect with me on social media, whatever, love to, to be some of that support for you. But if you're able to find some folks, if you're able to find a group, even if it's just a few people, one person, it really can make a difference. And, and talking with Alex really kind of reminded me how much I, I miss um, you know, those, those group runs and miss having you know a half a dozen people that, that I'm running with and uh, how much I look forward to the days. And, and hopefully these days are coming soon. Whereas as I continue down this heart rate uh, training journey path that I'm on uh, and the speed keeps coming while the, the effort, the, the level of exertion keeps staying, uh, staying low to moderate, um, I'll be back to running with the group hopefully soon, um, and able to do so within the heart rate bounds that I have set for myself. So, uh, but yeah, just, just the power and the value of having a group, having some friends that you run with. Um, if you're able to, if you're able to make that happen, I would definitely encourage you to give it a shot because, uh, even if you're as much of an introvert as I am getting into that, that group setting of, you know, like I said, three, five, eight, ten 10 people running together. 
it's pretty it's pretty awesome and it's not it's not as intimidating as it might sound i promise i promise so if you're able to do that i would encourage it if not hopefully you can get some some of that community that that group feel via social media but it's it's as much as i love social media it's just not in my opinion not quite the same but anyway that was my takeaway from the conversation today what about you what stood out to you from this episode let me know. Shoot me a, a, a message. Shoot me a, a tweet. Shoot me an Instagram message at Dizruns on both places. Shoot me an email, Dizruns at gmail.com. Or you can head over to the show notes for today's episode, Dizruns.com slash 698, and leave your thoughts and feedbacks and comments and takeaways there. Always love to, to hear what you thought of each episode or what, what kind of resonated with you. Uh, certainly, always look forward to those messages. Love getting them. So if you're willing, would appreciate hearing from you. And if not, no worries. Uh, but either way, whether you, whether you like to share your takeaways or not, Audible, great place to get uh, some more information, some more uh, something to listen to while you're out on the roads, out on the trails, running, driving, doing work around the house, whatever the case might be. Uh, and, and we can hook you up with a free book, a free trial. If you haven't tried Audible already, what are you waiting for? Get on get on board. Uh, Dizruns.com slash Audible is the link that will take you right over there. Uh, enter, enter in, get a free, like I said, free two weeks, uh, free audio book to keep. And let me know what book you get. Let me know what you're listening to slash reading on Audible. So with that, we'll go ahead and and wrap this thing up, put a bow on it, and call it a day. But thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed this one. As always, if you did, hit the share button. Spread spread the word. Spread the message. Certainly love uh, knowing that uh, you guys are out there telling others about the show. And I know it it happens, but uh, still, uh, it's always nice to see those messages when somebody... You know, it's like, hey, I, I, you know, so-and-so told me about your show, and I just started listening to it, and I love it. I really appreciate you know, the work you're doing. I really appreciate the work you're doing uh, in helping to spread that message. So thank you for all that you do for me, uh, and I hope that uh, what I do for you is uh, equal-ish, because I don't think it is. I think what you do is, is more important, but thank you for all you do to support what I've got going on. Um, and until next time, please be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening. Uh, have a great rest of your day, and we'll talk soon. See you guys.